Outside Friends. This is episode 18. I'm Ryan Prasad, and with me are my co-hosts Alan Ibrahim. Hi! And Katie Marie. Hello, hello, howdy! How are y'all today? I'm doing pretty well, honestly. Like, aside from the hurricane. Um... Yeah, there's kind of a hurricane <laughs> happening while we're recording this. Hurricane Cast 2016. Yep, um... But yeah, it's been a pretty chill day. I've got a bunch of stuff done on my end, and you know, the hurricane can't keep me down, so. If you can hurry out of there to safety. (laughs) (laughs) Alan, how are you? I'm all right. I had a couple days off, so I'm trying to, like, get better at self-care and actually be social for once. It's hard. Well, you don't have a hurricane to deal with, so you got (laughs) that Yeah, not really. No. Uh, joining us again is Courtney Terry, who Sup, may or fam? may not be intoxicated. <laughs> Do you have to call me out on your your, your fucking show? <laughs> you tweeted it. Private. You tweeted it. Well, that's different. That was like a warning to my my friends and family and comrades. This is a call out that will now be archived. I'm upset. Are they gonna listen to that's this? Offensive. Uh, one of my friends is at least, and he's gonna text me and be like, "Ha ha ha, queen!" And I'm um, no, that's not queen behavior. Queens don't get lit, but because they lick the salt off of their drink and go, "Whoops, I'm thirsty," and chug their fucking drink. That's not royalty. That's... You can do this again if you don't want me to say that you're drunk. No, it's fine. I'm just being obnoxious because okay. that's the level of drunk that I am. <laughs> Help. Oh. I'm glad we left right You are after. beyond help. You are beyond help. <laughs> if I had stayed at that party, it would have been a mess. I would have embarrassed myself in front of all these people I admire. <laughs> I was playing a game called, uh, shit, what was that game called? Game? Oh my god, I already forgot. It was it's a game from Target where you stack sticks mm-hmm. of, like, different colors and weird squiggle line shapes. I was playing that with, like, Dave Lang, and I didn't want to get weird in front of him. Mm-hmm. I was like... <laughs> Uh, we already do weird, like, stretching and posing before we hug each other now. No need mm-hmm. for me to be a sloppy drunk <laughs> playing a shitty game. Anyways. Anyway, what's everybody been up to? Katie, how about you go first? All right, I'm so excited. So, to be completely on brand, I'm here to talk about Magical Girls. Um, yes. So, first, like, I just want to mention um, League of Legends. Because that is a game that I play all the time. Because who knows? Um, Anyway, they just came out with this whole line of magical girl like themed skins and stuff. And like stories for the characters. Um, And so I guess their series is considered like the Star Guardians. So get ready for this. This is fully fleshed out and so great and so amazing. And I am in love. So... They released an animation. Um, all the characters have that are involved have skins. They came out with a whole set of icons. Um, oh, on their website, there's profiles for each magical girl, like a story. You can take a quiz to see which one you are. You get a special <gasps> icon if you oh, take the no. quiz. Oh, boy. They have ward <laughs> skins and, like... It is, they're just all so glorious and they're all so gorgeous and they're all so unique. And I just love Magical Girls. So this has been like party over here for me. Um, this this sounds like heaven for Katie. It is, it is. 
Um, and I just really appreciate like how girly it is. Um, because when it comes to like online games and stuff like that, typically the skins people it's get so are pink. like, you know, uh, here's a strong dude with red and black armor, and he's gonna get you. You know, <laughs> I just <laughs> really appreciate like this whole narrative and um. Even in the game, there are like, like even his nipples can flex. That's how strong yes, he is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but right now, like <laughs> it's such a big thing that even the minions are like dressed up as star guardians. Like one side has minions with bunny ears and like star capes and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, thank you for being girly. That's really cool. Um, and also like there's kind of a hint of gay between two of the star guardians um because there's like official art release where they're like laying down with each other and they're like a hint of gay yes. is the name of my new hair dye <laughs> i love it but yeah so i'm i'm here for this i love it a lot and um yeah so good job league of legends um i appreciate that but then on the other side of things on the anime side of things um, there's a new show that's starting to stream this season. So um, it's called Magical Girl Raising Project. And of course, there are cute magical girls. But also, mm-hmm. it's very grim, very dark, blood, gore, all that nonsense. And uh, I'm ready for this. I've seen a comparison where like people call it Puella Maggie Danganronpa. Um, and the reason why is because it's very, like, reminiscent of both Madoka Magica and Danganronpa because, like, the main guy who, like, runs the magical girl people is, like, looks exactly like the Danganronpa bear thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, that's a really cute show. I always like to see shows that, like, incorporate both dark elements and, like, super cute moe magical girls. Um, and one thing that I thought was incredibly unique that I super appreciated is there's totally, um, gender fluid magical girls. Um, like there was a male character who was introduced at the beginning and he was like, oh, you know, you're so lucky because you can become a magical girl, but all boys can be our mages and stuff. And later on, the same male character comes back in the show. And as it turns out, he is a magical girl like full female and referred to as she pronouns from then on whenever you know she transforms and it's really cool and i'm like heck yeah dudes too dudes as magical girls so that's pretty dope um yep i'm really excited to see where it goes um at the time that i watched it which was yesterday there was only one episode out um but today the second episode came out so Heck yeah, I have high hopes. And there's also a canon lesbian relationship in the source material, the light novel that this is from. So, so more than a hint. Uh, exactly. More than a hint of gay. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for it, the gay. So <laughs> what? What's the word for more than a hint of gay? Um, gay. Is that like <laughs> the map to gay? Or is it just gay gay? Okay. Me. <laughs> <laughs> to gay or not to gay. To gay. Yep. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's the dash of gay, thing. less than the hint of gay. Yeah, a dash of gay. Katie, what what okay. was like? What was the thing that got you started on magical girl stuff? What was like your first experience with that whole genre? Honestly, like uh, from being like when I was really really little, I've always loved like Sailor Moon and Card Captor Sakura and stuff. Like right. I had doll after doll, um, but I don't really have much memory of that. Um, and then since I got older and I watched like Madoka Magica, that was like when I like really hit it on with magical girls and started to really get into that genre at that point. Um, because I explored like the entire Puella Maggie universe and like all of the spin-off stories and all of the manga and source material, which I don't always delve into with other things. Um, and then there's been other Things like Magical Girl Apocalypse, which I really like. That's also very dark and very heavy trigger warning if you want to explore that manga. But um, I don't know. Like ever since being little and like getting into cosplay and stuff like that, I've always really appreciated just the types of character designs and like the message that like girls can be feminine and super powerful and save the day with like Tokyo Mew Mew and all that. I really appreciate it. That's my thing. So, yep. You should watch Glitter Force if you haven't. I have not, but I will definitely uh, look into it. Yeah, they. it kind of feels like they cater to parents that have to watch cartoons of their kids, too, because <laughs> they make the dumbest jokes. Like, they create monsters out of objects and fairy tales, and one of them was, like, a, a giant house, and the, it's a it's a giant brick house, and the wolf that summons him goes, oh yeah, he's mighty mighty, and I fucking died. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, the brick house is mighty mighty, that's a joke for the parents. Um, and it's, it's, it's really campy in like a weird way, it feels like a 90s TV show. I'm a big fan. Nice. So if you want a goofy, magical girl, glitter force, it's a little forced. Now I realize I'm repeating the same words over and over, but it's, it's not too bad. It made me want to watch Code Lyoko again, which is always dangerous. <laughs> oh, just whoa. watch the theme on loop. I know you have. The highest that loop reached was 319. Oh, uh, Christ. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just, like, let it play. <laughs> I was doing work at the office, and there was just fucking Code Lyoko theme. The closest I ever got recently <laughs> first of all Code Lyoko is the shit let's just say that but the thing that recently got me being like I want to watch I want to watch Sailor Moon more than I did as a kid was when I watched Kill a Kill and it's always weird to watch the subversive thing and then go back and watch the thing that it's like playing off of right but Kill a Kill is really good uh people know that and that show is definitely like hey remember how magical girls are like only powerful because of their clothes what if we made that the whole show and like yep. all and like men are like that too and it's just weird and loud and is that Gynax? No, that's not Gynax. That's a uh, Trigger. I always get them mixed up. Yep, Trigger. Studio they do Trigger work. does that one. Gorgeous gorgeous series and definitely made me want to go back and watch that other stuff. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned Kill a Kill because Nui, the character from there, Harime Nui, she very much also I was like I love her design and I feel like that also exacerbated like my traditional magical girl um appreciation so yeah mock was my girl but to each their own (laughs) (laughs) 
Alan, what have you been up to? You? Oh, Ryan. Oh, Ryan. What can I tell What's you? Up? What's <laughs> up? It's been a very busy couple of weeks for your boy. Um, mm. I've been working a lot and doing a lot of personal stuff. I'm I officially went off the grid, so you know you can't really find me anywhere on the internet right now, like currently. But I'll probably be back on at some point. I've just been trying to like be with myself and be caught up on the stuff that I like a lot. Which is why I've been watching Atlanta and being and like watching it week to week when it airs. Uh, I still need to. I've only seen the first episode and I need to watch all of it. I really appreciate that that show exists and why it exists because it fits mm-hmm. a space in television uh, where because like a, a recent movement in like sitcom stuff specifically is diversity with stuff like Blackish and Fresh Off the Boat. It's mm-hmm. like oh we care about other cultures and are showing them as normal families. But there's something about that specific blend of, like, comedy with drama that is mostly relegated to, like, shows that are led by straight white dudes, like Louie and, uh, like, Marin and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, like, this show just busts through that wall and through that whole genre and says, hey, we respect what you're what you're doing here, but this is a show about blackness and being black and, like, get used to it. It's very confident. It's, like, one of the, the few uh, television shows on on TV that I can, that I've watched that can like use the N word and not have it feel like, you know, it's like, Oh, this isn't like a super like M rated kind of thing. Like it's just like a regular show and they don't use it in any like serious way. It's used the way that it's used conversationally. Um, and just the way that people speak is very like accurate and, and it portrays a very like true to real life version of the South and what it's like being black in America. Because they do the thing that, like, Louis does, right? Where they'll be like, this week we're tackling what it's like to be put through the prison system. And and what it's like to have to go through that whole process, even though you didn't do anything wrong. And then how to get out. And, like, here's what it's like to grow up and you have a kid, but your girlfriend isn't married to you. So she still wants to date other people, but you have a kid together. And, like, with the awkwardness that comes from that. And the important thing to remember is, like, it's still really, really funny. That's, you know, they, they had a whole bit in a recent episode where the one of the, the main characters, um, Paperboy is his rapper name, is at a charity basketball game. And uh, he is looking like he's going to do really well. And then in walks in this really arrogant, cocky dude. And he comes in and they're like, who's that? And they're like, oh, that's Justin Bieber. Except he's, he's just he's just black in this world. Like they don't like question it. They're just like, oh yeah, in this world, that's how he is. And they have this like whole hilarious conflict. And there isn't any particular moment, but just like that, like that personality type being brought into the show was like really funny and refreshing. And then Donald Glover's character, because this is like his show, it's his baby, uh, is like being he gets mistaken for someone else, and then ends up in like a very rich uh, penthouse. A hotel party with a bunch of white people and he, and it's like him being this whole like stranger in a strange land it's it's like deeply funny in a way that i can't really describe it's just you you really got to watch it it's absolutely gorgeous too like i've been following donald glover's work since you know community and then into mm-hmm. when he was doing childish cambino stuff I, that was the first concert i ever went to uh f- six years ago was a childish cambino concert so i've definitely been like attached to his whole brand for a while and it's nice to see him like still doing stuff because you know, he put out before the internet in I think 2013, and then he kind of fell off uh, music, which I think it was. He was, yeah, he was in. He was the token black character in Interstellar. 
Was he? Oh my god, he, he was, was in Interstellar. He was a fucking plot device. Yeah, he was. Was that interesting? No, no, no. Was that that was Interstellar? That was um. Oh no, that was the Martian. Yeah, the, I was gonna yeah. say <laughs> white dudes in space. My bad. The other white dudes in space movie. <laughs> he's great. I really respect the work that he does because he's very um like reserved when it comes to being a celebrity and talking about his personality. So it almost feels like Atlanta is the closest we get to like learning about the way that he thinks about the world mm-hmm. and culture and comedy and how he and i imagine i imagine stuff. having that much creative freedom in the show is probably really freeing for him for sure because he's been on so much stuff that he didn't have control over like his music stuff you know he got bored of because he was like i can't be successful in this industry without being uh putting on a character or being performative in a way that doesn't feel genuine and then with tv it was like he butted heads with dan Harmon a lot on community mm-hmm. and then eventually left not necessarily because of that i think there was still plenty of respect between them but you know, he left that show a season or two before the end. Um, and he's still young. So it's like he still has a lot of opportunities to like do more stuff. And I hope Atlanta gets another season and, and just goes on for a long time because it's got it's very, very ripe for just like a million different episode concepts because yeah, it's such an awesome. it's such an open show, you know? Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm remembering the first episode and the Paperboy song yep. is the worst and also the best. It's perfectly terrible. It's exactly what you hear on like Dat Piff <laughs> new releases, you know. Yeah. And then there's the white dude that says the n word around Donald Glover, but no one else. That seems perfect. That's so. That's exactly <laughs> the kind of stuff that's <laughs> funny. Just like, does he say the n word around you? No. Hell no. He would never say that around me. <laughs> yeah. They filter. They filter real life through comedy in a way that I love. That's like, if I were to ever make a show, it would be something like that. But. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's just really good. I love it. Yeah, should definitely watch more of that. Yeah, it's only like six episodes in, and you know, they've been changing they're like it up. Half so much. hour episodes too, so I really don't have an excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. There isn't a lot of like half hour shows of this type. You know, right. you like you can just watch all of it, and then if you watch the first couple, and you're like, they have women on the show, but they don't really do anything with them. The latest episode is just like, hey, here's the women of the show, and they get their whole thirty minutes. Have fun, and that's it's really right. yeah. So they know what they're doing. Yeah, that first episode was definitely like this was written by dudes. Or just this is written by dudes, yep. and yeah, yeah, absolutely definitely has that problem too. Yeah, that sounds awesome, Courtney. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, um, I'm here. <laughs> you want to talk about stuff? Yeah. So I've been. It's kind of. This probably sounds a little boring but i've been really fucking obsessed with uh dots and co from the people that made the two dots game oh i love dots and co yeah 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 i'm on level 196 oh courtney and i just want to get <laughs> to the end wait what is dots and co it's a, it's a dot matching game but they've made okay. it so that you have different party members that are assigned to you mm-hmm. and if you collect enough of a uh triangular shapes uh you can activate their skills and abilities some of them turn uh the backdrops into water and so you have to make water take over the board one girl like someone's butterflies and if you match next to the butterflies enough they cause a explosion and if you can set it up where the butterflies all explode you can have it be a cascading thing and it's just like it's really satisfying because it's like an easier version of the other dots games Mm -hmm. um I was trying not to update it because I was like, you know what? I got to the end of this update and I'm just going to delete the app. And then I was like, whoops, I updated it instead. Now I have a hundred more levels to play. Oh boy. So, <laughs> uh, I've been grinding through them really fast. Um, 
So I've been really obsessed with that. I wake up every morning and it's like I get a notification saying that my lives are refilled. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes and be late to work because <laughs> this fucking dots game. Um, I've also been playing a lot more visual novels lately because that's the only thing I really have time for. Because mm-hmm. at least in a visual novel, you can like save at any point. Right. So right. I've been playing, I always say the title wrong. Uh, Ropa. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't fucking remember. Yeah, Danganronpa. Yeah. Rumpa, um, blah, 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 blah. I just go bear game. Gonna play that the bear game today. Um, yeah. I'm trying to 100% the first one. Uh, that game is really stressful. I knew it was about despair and like high schoolers and death and suffering. I wasn't ready for some of the visuals that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> that first execution is too much because mm-hmm. the. The character is is tied up to a pole and they pelt him with like baseballs and you're watching this happen and I'm like, could you have been a little bit less graphic? I know I just watched a person get speared with a ton of spears and fall and bleed out and I know you guys make the blood hot pink, but like watching someone get hit with a ton of baseballs is a little traumatic. <laughs> uh, so as far as games, those have been the two things and then I started watching Luke Cage Nice. I'm trying to make that? it last. And damn, Luke Cage, man. Luke Cage. Yes, me yeah. too. First of all, he's handsome. Second of all, hot diggity damn, what a boy. <laughs> Third of all. <laughs> uh the I can handle violence in my TV shows. I can't handle realistic violence that feels like it could happen to me. Mm. So uh there's there's a scene with uh Cottonmouth like punching someone right and he punches him so much that the person dies and you see his bloody knuckles i was like "Ooh, that's that's sincere violence that is a thing that can happen that's believable versus like firing a rocket launcher into a fucking restaurant like that's not as believable yeah seeing that happen i'm like whatever but like watching somebody punch someone i'm like oh sincere uncomfortable <laughs> uh and so uh i'm learning my limits on on uh violent film uh, mm. I had a discussion with a friend about this because, like, Saw and Hostel were gross to me and bothered me, mm-hmm. but they're not realistic. I'm never going to wind up in a pit full of needles having to crawl and find a key. You never uh, know. I don't see that happening. <laughs> you never I'm know. I'm pretty damn sure. Pretty damn sure. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to have, have a lot of drinks old man tonight, with a okay. puppet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear to God, if I wake up in a pit of needles, Ryan, I will find you. Just wait until Paxi's. <laughs> Courtney, we're going to go on an adventure, and it's going to be really interesting. You'll have stories to tell. <laughs> oh, God. I I have stories from Gamer X. Like, oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, I can't handle, I, I can handle, like, really fake, like, obvious, like, this ain't going to happen to me next weekend, but if I piss off the right person, they could pin me to the ground and punch me. And I'm like, ah! Uh, I, don't, I don't handle realistic violence. Um. Final mm-hmm. Destination was bad because that's stuff that I imagine. I was like, oh, this I could love happen. It. A log could, sh- a oh, log could no. shoot out the back of that car in front of me. I'm gonna, we're gonna slow the fuck down and let three other cars in front of us. We'd rather them get stabbed. Oh my god, I'm a terrible person. I do the um, same thing though. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a red line stop near where I live. Uh, so there's a train stop and. You go above ground and it's a bridge over the the interstate. And when a truck drives over, it like shakes violently. And I was like, my oh, ass is going to no. the next bus stop. Oh, I don't care if the next bus stop is a 10 minute walk and it's 2 a.m. I'm going to walk to it because I do not like the feeling of this bridge shaking. Um, now I'm good. 
that's becoming that's becoming a weird trend in the Marvel shows now is like getting to you to feel the impact of stuff because like Daredevil is violent to a point where you're just like yep. after a while it becomes cartoonish but you're still like ooh that impact hurts and then like mm-hmm. Jessica Jones same yep. thing is like oh this person could crush me or they're like you know the way that uh what's the guy's name like evil man bad boy purple man what's the it's like purple man oh, Kilgrave Kilgrave yes his whole situation the is most, like very like, silly villain name absolutely um, um so, but like, what I'm curious about with Luke Cage, and this is partly why I'm more excited to watch it than I was with Daredevil season two, see, uh, see episode Ugh. ten or whatever of this podcast. Yep. Um, Daredevil is, season two, low key, the most racist show I've ever watched. Yep, exactly. Yep. 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 <laughs> so it was like so benign in its racism. They're totally. Like, oh, this is just how it is. Like it was weird. Anyway, tell me all Asians are ninjas. Ugh. Uh, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Yeah, don't watch. Don't, whatever. <laughs> Sounds awful. Daredevil season one's fine, um, but it still has some of those problems. Anyways, what I want to ask about Luke Cage though is like when I was a kid and I read Iron Fist a lot because Iron Fist is like in my top three Marvel characters. It's like Iron Fist, Moon Knight, and it used to be Deadpool, but like <laughs> I've fallen off of Deadpool very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, this whole thing. When I was a kid, I didn't realize how much their cultures affected their power set because that's like a big reason that i like the x-men is like oh they are their powers as much as they are people you know their powers reflect who they are and so like with luke cage i didn't even realize when i was a kid how on point the metaphor of like black man has impenetrable skin can't be shot like how on point that is and i'm wondering if they like tackle any of that in the show you know i very much think that that is an incredibly powerful message of the show especially like with today's events and stuff like that that's going on like with police versus black people unfortunately and like they even mention like black lives matter in the tv show and stuff like that and cool it's you know mm-hmm. instead of having like the power man get up that luke cage has in like the comics and stuff like right, that right, he's right. just this bulletproof black guy in a hoodie um they do pay tribute to yes, the costume they do. Though, and episode, I, which I made screamed. me laugh so hard. I was like, I screamed. He was like, "Ugh, I look stupid." He was and like, I was like, I look, yeah. He was like, "You look like an effing fool," like talking to himself. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Because you know, wait, didn't they do the same joke in Jessica Jones though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a trope. Yeah, it's <laughs> totally like, a trope. It is. Well, Jessica Jones was like her. Her friend's mom made that costume for her. And right. she was like, ugh, your mom is too much. Mm-hmm. No, this was like a, a circumstance. And then he finally saw himself. He's like, I've been wearing this the whole time. Ew, this was like an accident. And he's like, get this off of me. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because uh, I forget the name of the actor that plays Luke Cage. But Mike like, Coulter. Purpose- yep. Yeah. Mike Coulter, like, purposely said in an interview, they chose to <clears throat> dress him at, in a hoodie and look more like uh, some of the victims that were... Uh, you know, reason why we have Black Lives Matter as a movement. And I thought that was really interesting because when they describe him, they're like, I don't know, he was just this big big guy in a hoodie. And they're like, ah, so frightening. And it's like, nah, this is this is just a dude who's here for y'all. And I thought that was kind of nice because some of their language was subtle. Right. Uh, I, I also get a lot of joy that of like the few white characters was like literally a dude going, here's your hand sanitizer, ma'am. Like, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> How's this All feel? Because right, right. I've 
I've got some really shitty friends and family that are like, Luke Cage doesn't have any white people. What about diversity? And I'm over here like, ha, 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 ha. you, yeah, you. Let me show you all your Wonder Bread shows. You want to watch Friends, Gilmore Girls, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Pick. Yeah, exactly. You can be wherever you want. You want to go to Middle Earth? You want to go to space? Whites. <laughs> you can be everywhere. <laughs> That's an advertisement, by the way. This neighborhood in New York. Oh my God, it was just funny. I've also had people tell me about that with the get down. They're like, oh, the get down focuses on a lot of black people. We're the white people. And I was like, did you not read what? Again, let me point to you. The Wizard of Oz. Even the fucking Tin Man is a white dude. Like, chill. You got white wherever you want it to be. Yep. Yeah. One of my friends, before I had watched you, anything. No, I refuse to let you call this person a friend. Okay, yeah, I don't like him anymore. An individual that Katie friend. knows. He's, he, he was a friend in middle school. No, probably no longer. Anyway, yes, no longer. <sighs> he is the epitome of problematic. And, um, you know, I was on Discord with him, uh, with a few other people, and... You know, I was like, I'm going to get off to go watch the first episode of Luke Cage. I'm so excited because I'm, you know, over here, the Marvel fangirl. And I have a Power Man and Iron Fist giant poster on the wall right next to me. Anyway, um, he goes, have you seen any of it yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he was like, well, I didn't really like it. And I couldn't go more than 10 minutes into it because it was really black. And I was like, (laughs) oh, what did you just say? What did you just say? Has this person been outside? Like, <laughs> see a black person outside. Um, oh my god! Did I ever tell you all the story when we moved to our neighborhood? The girls down the street. We were me and my sister were five and six. When we moved to our our neighborhood that my family still lives in. Right. The girls down the street were thanking their mother and God. These girls were five and seven about how they finally had brown friends. Uh, oh no! There were oh, there were kids of color that were bussed into our elementary school to try and diversify the school and get our elementary school more funding, but they didn't play with those kids. But because we lived on the same street, they're like, "Oh, we can play with these ones. We have brown friends now," and oh, everyone thought that was so cute. And like How in cute. hindsight, I'm like, "That's yeah. not adorable. That's really fucking weird." Yeah. That yeah. they were thankful that they could touch a brown person in person. They're like, "Oh, we only ever yep. seen you all on Sesame Street because that's the only place fucking kids could have seen brown people back then in the mid '90s." Was fucking Sesame Street, <laughs> or if you wanted to watch fucking Captain Planet or Magic School Bus, even then the brown kids weren't even fucking real. And they were token. Anyways. Yeah. 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 Oh. Where this? Ooh. Where this? And, that uh, fucking magical. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, There's like something real frightening about that. Can we can uh, we briefly talk about race relations real quick? <laughs> I mean, that is the whitest thing you have ever said on this podcast. That's <laughs> can fair. we talk about race relations? Can we talk about gender? <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to talk about? Can I just like tattoo ally to your knuckles? <laughs> ally. Oh god. <laughs> Well, uh, I briefly was just going to say that, like, so I'm of Middle Eastern descent, and all of my friends in mm-hmm. high school were people of color, pretty much all of them. And when we were in high school, we were like, I don't understand why we're, like, outcasts. Like, why don't we get invited to parties or, like, have outside friends? Like, we're very close to each other, but we don't really get it. And then we, like, left high our very, like, mayonnaise-ass high school and then went to college, and we're like, oh, they're racist. It's simple. 
Because we left we left school and they were all like, oh, you guys were so cool. We never hung out with you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I really know that. <laughs> I think you were afraid of us at some point. And I'm I'm like physically yeah. white. I, wanna... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Shit's yep. weird. Um, I had an issue with uh, that and people wouldn't date me because my race yeah. is more ambiguous than my sister's. Oh, right. My sister is, is browner than me. And they're like, ooh, she exotic. And I'm like, she looks oh, exactly gross. like me. Oh. God. Like what exotic is how you describe fruit or cars, <laughs> not people. Yeah. Like, ooh, an exotic pineapple or an exotic I don't know car brands right now Pokemon. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, you don't I also really hate the word mulatto because that makes me sound like some sort of off-brand coffee beverage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, nah, yeah. fam, I'm not a venti mulatto. Or a macchiato, or a mocha. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I'm not something that you order and put into a cup. I cannot be contained. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Truth snaps for that. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me power through what I've been up to. I've been watching. I've been rewatching Hannibal because uh, it's October and I wanted something spoopy, uh, horror-y to watch. Spoopy. Uh, and so I've been rewatching that. Uh, it's really great. Uh, what, what is there to say about it? Uh, great writing. Like it, it, I feel like it, uh, walks the line between, uh, depicting, uh, psychological trauma, uh, in a way that doesn't feel disrespectful in a way that most horror can get. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate that. I mean, it's, there's still problems with it, uh, but compared to a lot of other horror out there, uh, I it didn't bother me as much. Uh, and the way it deals with death and more uh, morality and stuff, morality, mortality, yes, mortality. <laughs> anyway, uh, the way it deals with that stuff is really interesting, uh, and I really like it a lot. Um, Katie. I talked to you about this yesterday, but mm-hmm. Palette Watch 2016. This show is fucking gorgeous. Um, and in the first season, the first season is more of like a procedural thing where there's a murder every episode and they try, try to solve who did it. Um, and it's every murder is like related to like the main plot. And, but there's a lot of crime scenes and every single crime scene in the show feels really creative in a way that Katie, I think you would really appreciate. Heck yeah! Um, since you are someone who really likes gore and all that stuff, um, of course. So yeah, um, Hannibal's great. Uh, I have I've seen the first and second seasons uh, a long time ago, um, but I haven't seen the third season yet, and so that's part of why I'm rewatching it because just to refresh myself on the stuff that happened in the first two seasons, and then finally watch season three. And, uh, yeah. Something I want to get into at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you say, Alan? I was asking if it has, like, a linear plot, or is it sort of like a villain of the week kind of thing? Uh, the first season is kind of a villain of the week thing. Uh, just not... It's structured in such a way that there is a linear plot, but it uses, uh, the murder of the week format as a hook into the main story. Right, 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 right. And then from season two on, it's mostly just a linear story. story. Yeah. A lot of shows do that format. 
where they mm-hmm. shift after a while and they're like, we mm-hmm. are confident enough that we don't need to. I think it's partly because it's easier to get new viewers with a villain of the week kind of thing. And then once right. they're all on, it's like, all right, now we have to tell the story that we want to tell. Yep. Which is, yeah, very cool. I really want to watch and that they, shit. Yeah. And, it, and they really balance it well. Like like I said, each each murder of the week deals with themes. They tie the themes back to the main plot in a way that's really smart and really effective. Um, so yeah, that's Hannibal. Uh, I played Resident Evil because uh, it's on PlayStation Plus this month, uh, and I'm kind of I was kind of frustrated at first because I got lost pretty easily. Yep. But the more I play it, the more I'm kind of into it, just because it's really interesting uh, to notice how horror games are. Basically, back then horror games were just like let's make a really obtuse adventure game where you're lost in a mansion or you have to work your way around Silent Hill or whatever. And now horror games are just like first, for the most part, uh, my horror games are just like, here's this first person, you know, horror house or, you know. And so it's interesting uh, to see how games were made back then um, where uh, you would buy a game and it would take a few months to play. And so they just make it really obtuse compared to like, a game that you're going to stream on Twitch with a bunch of people. Right. Uh, and it's very jump scary or very atmospheric and stuff like that. Uh, so the contrast and differences between horror video games throughout the years is really interesting to me. Uh, but I definitely see why people liked Resident Evil. Uh, it's the remake, so they cut out a lot of the cheesy stuff, which I don't. Like, I wish they kept that stuff in, as at least as, as an option, because that stuff... Is really funny, and I, I like the people who love Resident Evil like that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, it's a bummer that they cut that stuff out, and uh, yeah, it's a weirdly good month for PlayStation Plus. I, I played a little bit of the other game, Transformers Devastation, earlier. That's fine. Mm. It's platinum. It, it's, it plays really nicely. There haven't been that many good Transformers games, and that's it seems like it's one of them. But I, mm. I definitely want to try Resident Evil because I love horror stuff in october like yep and that seems like a kind of because it's slower right like i don't really like the games that i do play what few there are i prefer like slower methodical stuff and that kind of horror game is more up my alley than like run around in amnesia and get jump scared a lot you know Mm -hmm. right um yeah it just you need to be prepared to get stuck and maybe look at some guides if you need help and stuff like that. Sure. But uh, there's a lot of horror stuff. I mean, I looked on PSN. There's a demo for Outlast 2 out, which is apparently supposed to be good. Um, and then they updated the Resident Evil 7 demo, but didn't really add a lot to it uh, in terms of, like, actual story stuff. They added a little bit, but not, like, a substantial amount. Uh, but I still think that demo is interesting. Um, and then I went back and downloaded Zombie, which was originally Zombie U when it was on the Wii U, uh, but that was also free on PlayStation Plus that I haven't played yet and might give it a try. Uh, so yeah, horror games. Also, I bought Paper Girls, which is I've been it's a comic book uh, series that has been pitched to me as Stranger Things, but with a cast of women instead of little kids. Uh, which sounds like my jam. I haven't read it yet, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to 
So yeah, I'm all whored up over here. Uh, I'm ready to go. Tis the season for all this stuff. So yeah, Spooky that's time. What I've been up Everyone's to. watching horror, and I'm over here looking at cute stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't handle all the spoopy. Go play Costume Quest or something, I don't know. I was thinking of that, um, but like I'm also playing games about children in despair at a high school. Can't go outside because there are clowns out there now. Uh, oh, God. I you love know. you, 2016, I guess. I, I think it's funnier <laughs> that you're you're safer. They're saying don't shoot the clowns. That might be an innocent person. Yeah, the, these clowns are safer than, you know, black people. Gotta paint myself white, wear crooked teeth, red nose, and a rainbow wig. I mean, whatever. That's my aesthetic now, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. <sighs> Make jokes about how I'm gonna cream people, like I'm gonna kill them and then throw uh, pies. Cause um, that's clowns, right? That's funny. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Y'all want to take a break? Yeah. I need sure. it. I need it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be right back.
talk about the 2011 film a monster in paris a courtney monster in paris. i practiced that earlier that was beautiful courtney what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> what why? why why are we watching this i okay so uh small reason i wanted to watch it because sean lennon was on the internet recently recently talking about how mansplaining is sexist and i thought that was yeah. funny and then i remembered the only thing he's ever done in his life that i appreciate was he voiced a singing flea in a <laughs> cartoon animated film from 2011 that's it based on and inspired by the phantom of the opera it's kind of a low budget film but it's near and dear to my heart because it's so fucking goofy and it's just funny to me that this man whose whose mother is a very prominent feminist and is known for her views and opinions is over here like I'm an anarchist and sexism is still real you can be sexist towards me and I was like you weren't even good enough to be a fucking beetle you was a fucking flea oh <laughs> so I got I got bitter and I wanted to I wanted to watch it because of that bitterness and yeah <laughs> I'm petty perfect <laughs> and it's uh, actually a really cute movie yeah <laughs> it is um katie what did you think of this movie um i thought it was very cute um i actually like despite it being like relatively low budget it doesn't look bad at all um and palette watch 2016 Mm -hmm. i thought the colors were pretty on point um i liked how the city was uh fairly i don't know pastel and like drowned out whereas the characters themselves are like very bright um and, you know, there's just, like, the kind of accents in that way that really draws your eye and, like, you know, makes the characters unique and pop out. Um, and I also thought it was cool that, like, the entire movie kind of had, like, this vignette effect to it where, like, or at least at the beginning, mostly, there was, like, that, like, blurry line around the border and stuff. And I was like, ooh, that's nice. It's, like, photography. That's, like, what I do and stuff to my photos. Um Especially to like it also bring made focus. Also, it seem kind of dreamy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool. Um, and like especially the detail, um, on all of the, the characters' like outfits and stuff like that. Um, we talked about this very briefly, but um, Lucille, uh, she she wears a dress that's like beaded, like fully beaded, and you know, that was super impressive. Um. Sometimes I thought there were, like, a lot of different things that the show was trying to accomplish as far as, like, uh, kind of being all over the place where I was like, why is this a thing? Why is this here? Is this relevant? Is this a plot point? No? Okay. Well, moving on. So, um, but I don't know. Overall, it was, like, pretty enjoyable, and I thought it was cute. So, mm-hmm. that's me. Alan? The pacing thing, I definitely agree with. It made it feel very kinetic. Like, you're just always going from somewhere to somewhere else and not lingering. It doesn't feel like it's always going entirely linear- linearly either. Because it's just like, hey, here's uh, these two characters. 
And then they're in a lab, and they release a flea. Flea's out in the world. We gotta catch that flea. Wait, the flea's really nice. We love the flea. And then, like, an, a 20 to 25 minute action scene on the Eiffel Tower. Like, yep. it's just, it's very, it's very choosy about what it, it lingers on and what it rushes past. Like, there isn't a ton of exposition or build up, but I mean, it starts with such a love letter to film, like that clip of, it explaining its historical uh, context and how it takes place in the time of of that year where uh, Paris was flooded and mm-hmm. uh, how that becomes a plot point and managing to like take that and then just become like a very fast paced, very we need to get to the fun parts movie. Uh, it like it, it's really choosy. It definitely the low budget thing made it feel like such a labor of love where it was like it didn't feel like there were too many hands in the pot. Like the people that wanted to make this movie got to make what they what they sought out to do and. You know, it's funny, it's charming, it's it's really gorgeous. Um, I just I ultimately felt like it was kind of all right. I was like, ah, inoffensive. The music was nice. It was had some beautiful moments, and it ended. <laughs> like it's not like it's not gonna stick with me for the rest of my life. But I definitely uh, didn't hate it. Yep, it definitely felt like a love letter to film to me. Just like a lot of the like a lot of really good shots uh, in this movie. Uh, but like, besides that, I, you know, I mean, I, like I watched it a few hours ago and I'm largely blanking on most of the things that happened in this movie. Um, but I didn't think it was bad. I just thought, uh, you know, they wanted to make a family movie and they did it and it wasn't bad. It was just, it was enjoyable. Uh, yeah. I don't it's know. It's like a weird type of eye candy, which is nice yeah, yeah, because yeah. they, because you can tell that it's not like a huge studio um and then like another interesting tidbit is the voice actress for Lucille the singer mm-hmm. the in same the in the French movie, and English version it's the same in the French and English version yeah yep mm-hmm. um and i thought that was really cool when i found that out but i really like it because i love watching films by other studios and seeing what they like to focus on uh mm. like Katie already mentioned that her her stage dress was like this white angelic dress and she even has wings on the back, but it is beaded all the way fucking down. Even when they're like zoomed out and you're looking at something else, you can still see the beading on it and how the light reflects and it twinkles at some points. And I'm like, damn, that's those are details that you didn't need to do, but you're all like, I, I want to do this. Um, they also do it with reflections. Like Maud in the very beginning is in her little ticketing booth, which is like really adorable, but mm-hmm. you realize that it's completely open on the sides, but the front's piece is glass and they do reflections on there and they put a lot of detail in that there's even details of reflections on the lenses and her glasses i was like that's not necessary these are so subtle um like when uh raul's driving Catherine the car that we're pretty sure he fucks in private (laughs) probably yeah because like the way he talks about his car is a bit much but there's like subtle reflections in that too and I've watched this movie a lot because I like the audio on it because some of the, the music is pretty charming. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I really like the second time they sing La Seine when the flea sings it with Lucille because mm-hmm. it's really catchy and it's really good. Um, but, like, they the details they choose to focus on are really fascinating to me because when you watch, like, a DreamWorks film, like, say you're watching How to Train Your Dragon, like, Hiccup's got blemishes and, like, weird... His skin's not completely perfect, and it's blemished. His freckles are uneven, and they're just kind of splattered on his face. His teeth are a little crooked, and they're consistent. Um, and so they focus more on, like, these details on people's skin and on their flesh. And I just think it's really interesting to see what 
animators and creators have the budget for and what they want to put the care into. And I just love comparing that. I think that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes you'll you'll see a a show like Toy Story was all about telling their story with like colors and creating this sort of like sense of being a little kid again and looking at all these bright toys and trying to make it so that they actually looked like when they were in toy form you could see that they had like a sheen to them you're like oh he's he's made of plastic but when they were animated and walking around they humanized it a bit more and it's really interesting to see how people play with textures and animation like that's kind of like my my nerd thing for cartoons mm-hmm. um when you see like finding nemo and finding dory the way they have things kind of like animate and move to make it so that they're floating in the water looks really sincere and they're like these weird movements that are always consistent i just i'm a big fan mm-hmm. <laughs> those are those are my thing um but uh a monster in paris sometimes i wonder if i were to rewatch it in french if maybe the story and the pacing is different cuz some of it feels mm-hmm. like maybe it was lost in translation because it is a very forgettable movie. There are scenes that when I rewatched it, I was like, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember this big nose dude singing and banging on a fucking triangle. Where did he come nose, from? The big nose dude. Yeah. The triangle. <laughs> yeah. The one that like, like hates the Lucille. It's like Arnold yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, I can never remember his name. I always forget he's in it until I rewatch it. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker, the snitch. Uh, <laughs> the snitch whose face looks like the only instrument he can play. It's just triangles everywhere. Um, I I feel like saying can play is a little forgiving. <laughs> tr- yeah, true, true. It's just too avant-garde for you. It's just okay. too avant-garde for me. You're right, you're right. <laughs> uh, I just, it, oh, I also thought it was really interesting when they pour the champagne, they make it bubble and it looks it looks real. They also don't pour them to be perfectly even. Right. There's mm-hmm. a difference in it. And oh, yeah. like, there's reflections in the spill. Yeah, I stared at that for a long time. I was like, you can't make, you make these people look dorky as hell, and like their <laughs> face shapes are really weird, but damn, your details on these liquids, I'm, it's fascinating. Um, and then like some of the characters just feel unnecessary. We even have like a talking, freaking, uh, uh, ape. Proboscis monkey? Uh, yeah. 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 I was like, he, he doesn't talk, talk, but he can write. And he he sings a song because of a, a a botany experiment that he consumes. I just think that's really weird. I mean, the monkey like, throws up. Need this. He has like straight calligraphy going on. He he's yeah yeah wonderfully and if it wasn't talented. For like, again, if it wasn't for Charles, uh, we wouldn't have the flea in the first place. But sometimes it just feels like they throw in characters for the heck of it. Yeah, uh, they're just like trying to fill a gap. Um. I also thought it was interesting that the the villain was making fun of Emil for his size, and he comes up and he's like, "Actually, I'm a dwarf," and he's like, kind of owning his his uh, he's like taking ownership of his body and his self, which was kind of cool to see that happen because he was you could tell he's self conscious about it, and at the mm-hmm. end he was like, "No, this is who I am. I just happen to be small. Like, deal with it, dude." And I thought that was kind of cool, because mm-hmm. um, you don't really see. You don't really see people talk about that in, in cartoons, even though it was for, like, 20 seconds. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like they were trying to tell all these messages, but they weren't sure how to throw them in. So they're just like, toss them all in the end, and it'll hopefully stick. Um, <laughs> and then, like, a bizarre post-credit yeah. sequence. It's, yeah, it's all over. Oh, yeah, the post-credit sequence was so unnecessary. Yeah. We don't need to see a romance between 
the dude in the straw jacket and and the singer like that's not no it's not straw Courtney it's not I promise it's not oh. straw he yeah it's not and straw he throws he's... it at the horse and the horse is like sweet straw and you're like oh. and he's like it was actually it was. straw one of my favorite lines is when he's fighting with you Lucille and she's like oh I fell in my butt again like goddamn that's such a good line yeah <laughs> um but yeah I I mostly really enjoy this movie because I just love seeing what smaller studios do to try and make themselves stand out. They put some hyper detail in those fabrics and then those clothes uh, that I would have never expected and like their reflections and whatnot and how they, they animate certain things. It just, it's fascinating. It's mm-hmm. also fascinating that the only thing I've ever known Sean Lennon for is for being a singing flea in a zoot suit <laughs> sexist idiot on the internet. <laughs> well, there you go. What a legacy. Okay. When we do mm-hmm. when we do like movies in particular on Fireside Friends, I'm always like, I want us to like come out of this feeling something other than like it's not just a movie club. Like we're trying to like say something here. And for me, this movie, the thing that I took away from it the most was like it is actually really worth people's time to watch stuff that is not from the country that they live in. Like watch mm-hmm. watch French films. And if I could have watched this in French, that would have been super interesting. Like, that Mm -hmm. explains the pacing a lot. That explains, like, the weirdness of the plot and how, like, suddenly the sunflowers became, like, a big deal and how it's such a love letter to France and French history and all of that culture. Um, Like, just, like, go out of your comfort zone and, like, like, seek out stuff that isn't tailored to you. Because what what little animated, big-budget animated films we do get in the States are very, like, if it's not Pixar or Disney, it's, like, nothing, you know? and And when it is those, it's, like, a main character goes on an adventure and like that's the whole thing like a single charming character with a gimmick goes on an adventure and that's like most Pixar and Disney films uh, or like a person is trying to get something and this movie is way more like in different directions it's being pulled like there's multiple romance plots and there's like a historical aspect and then it's also in part a musical and an adaptation of a play and uh, at the same time like a high-flying adventure film like the 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 director also uh, did like Shark Tale. Like it's it's one of those. It's like that tier of animated film that we don't see enough here these days. Yeah, and if memory serves, La Cien, La Cien the song that they sing twice. Yep. Cien, I'm pretty sure is the name of the river that floods. But uh, right. I also want to say that some people translate that as like Lucille's love song to the stage and how she loves to perform, and that is something that is lost in our context. Even if you have the English lyrics in front of you, it's a little hard to understand without having context of what that means. Uh, so it's really fascinating to just watch foreign flicks and get get these vibes and try and pick up the context and see what references they're making and what sort of lessons they're trying to impart. Um, initially, though, I was literally, literally drawn to it because I was like, that's a creature in a zoot suit on my Netflix suggestions. <laughs> And I kind of want to watch it. Uh, it's funny because I, I watched it by myself. My sister heard the reprise of the main song and she was like, what's that? I want to see it too. Rewatched it with my sister. And when the, sh- the when the movie was over, she turns and she looks at me and she's like, I want to fuck the flea. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I was going to talk to you about and have this deep conversation about film and translations. But like, we all walk away with it with something different, I guess. <laughs> A lot of people I know are really into this flea. They each their own. Yeah. Look at Franker. Look at him go. Please. Um, it's it's, it's Franker. Franker. I love French accents so much. 
I'm not, I adore it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just really interesting because the way I approach films and the way my sister approaches films is usually fairly similar. But this this movie for her was just such eye candy, ear candy that the only thing she walked away with was that the flea was hot, <laughs> <laughs> and she was strangely attracted to him. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Movies are weird, and the movie, the other movie I wanted to watch. But mostly because I'm a piece of shit and I want people to suffer with me. Uh, was Romeo and Juliet sealed with a kiss? What Have is you this? Seen that? No. Mm-mm. It is like the world's most awful movie. Oh no! It's Romeo and Juliet. Juliet told through the tale of seals, and then there's like oh, I, cr- I love seals. There's like baby <laughs> talking starfish. They're all like, "Who's that guy? Yeah!" And that's like how they talk the whole fucking movie. They're like, "Yeah, we're starfish." Um, what the fuck it's really really low budget animation I feel like it is something that a dude made in his mom's basement and was like look at this creation I've brought to the world Um, I forget what sort of animal it is that tries to sweep Juliet away but it follows the Shakespearean version of Romeo and Juliet pretty fucking well Um, but the the, the villain in the my favorite my favorite Romeo and Juliet character Kissy the Kissing Fish <laughs> That's actually from the original well, Shakespeare like, manuscript. Duh. Compared to other remakes of Romeo and Juliet I've watched, like this is it it tells it in a pretty okay way, but they take out so much of the needed context that you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And there's this <laughs> villain who's like with a bunch of geysers and whatnot and hot water steaming out everywhere and he's like, I'm so hot and he's wearing like sunglasses <laughs> and he's just like Mm, I'm so sexy. Why won't Juliet love me? And he's like, mm, my oh my. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm too sober. I really <laughs> wanted to watch that and have you all suffer with me. <laughs> um, but I figured this one would be a lot, a lot nicer because this is actually a film that I could rewatch and have just play in the background. Uh, mm. A monster in Paris is like my go-to. Shit, I need background noise. I'll put this on. Because it's like mm. you can pop up at any time and know what's going on. Yeah, it's very. I like I like films like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not it's not super invasive either. It's not one of those shows where there's a scene. And I'm like, I need to stop and dedicate all my time to the next ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's more like I know the words to La Cien, and I'm La Cien. And I'm gonna clean my room and hum the song, and it's like it's, it's my go-to. Uh, right, you can the, you can tell that they put the most effort into the song scenes. In terms right. of like animation mm-hmm. and like quality in general, it's just like, oh, this is like, everyone move out of the way. It's time for the budget to come through. <laughs> uh, not to say again, not yeah, to say if the I rest of like... it is at all bad, but that that stuff is definitely like where the care and tenderness comes through. I feel like early Disney movies were the same. Totally. I if... could not tell you anything about Snow White and the Snow Door Seven Dwarfs unless it was a fucking song that they were singing. Right. Exactly. And that's intentional, you know, because that stuff's all coming from musicals. And I could totally, mm-hmm. I would actually be interested in seeing this as a play. Like, I think it's it's got the right scale. That would be yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That you could totally do it. And I also I just want to just... in general, but... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> I just want to tweak, I just want to tweak this movie so it's a little bit uh, better so that I can sit down with more people to have watch it because it's, it's interesting. I just, God, I love comparing art styles in, like, movies and seeing what people do. It's fascinating. It's, Mm -hmm. it just makes me think when you watch, like, a Wes Anderson flick or a Michael Bay film, you can instantly put an aesthetic in your brain of what what you're going to see. 
and then you're like, here's a Disney animation, you've got an idea of what that's going to look like in your mind, already set and ready to go. Uh, I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. This kind of film says a lot about the culture that it comes from, too. Like the the message of the film is like, hey, there is art and beauty in the things that you that you least expect, you know, in like in there are things people that you, you know, choose to ignore or choose to think like, oh, that person's weird. Like, I don't care about what their opinion, but like they really have a mm-hmm. a magic inside of them that they need to be allowed to show to you. Because like Francaire is by default, like kind and and just wants to sing and perform, but is constantly beset by like the fact that people don't want to give him a chance and that's like a pretty classical message but there's also just something inherently i guess european about that and then just about like oh just like be accepting like let's just all listen to each other and enjoy art and music and culture like it really it's very respectful of culture which i think is mm-hmm. important yeah. and not a thing you see a lot here mm-hmm. there's also like a real sense of community in it which is interesting right and i haven't seen a lot of uh family films or kids flicks that feel like there's a sense of community and that everyone's a part of something greater usually it's all like here's the chosen one going on an adventure whoops the chosen one died and came back more proof that they were the chosen one right so this was kind of nice um it didn't have it had like a few tropes but they weren't completely drained and tapped out so it just felt really sincere that's another thing you don't really see is just like it was really earnest and sincere it kind of felt like something that uh like a like a student project or like a someone's like here's my thesis work for my degree program I made right, this film right. I put a lot of me into it and you get that vibe too um it just it it feels like it was made by friends which is nice yeah. I want more of that I also like I also like uh like oh you know one trope of the dude being afraid to ask the girl out. One of them wasn't enough. Let's add another one. Let's just throw yep, that in yep. there. <laughs> and they both two need to succeed. Yeah, they need to they succeed take with them down colors. two completely different pathways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I appreciated that Maud, the character that the smaller gentleman uh, is in love with, like their their relationship doesn't ever become like a conflict of of confusion. Like it's it would have been really easy to imagine a version where he tells her to go to the Eiffel Tower and then they're not there because they're chasing Francaire around the city and then she's like oh I hate you you lied to me but like no it's just he goes there and she's like oh I see you're doing something we'll do something we'll hang out later and it just works like, there's no like con- is- tropey conflict or like you know they could have very easily been like hey you know what let's do instead love triangle because Raúl is gonna be in love with Maud too. Right, like, right. I appreciate oh, it. I love with his this. car, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you wouldn't watch a love triangle with the flea? Um. <laughs> well, if the flea's involved, see, I'm kind of shitty. They even pursued a romance with Lucille and Raoul because, like, Lucille was so thirsty for Frankor. Like, goddamn, she's yeah, like, I bit. need you. You're mine. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's really funny to me because I mentioned this earlier, but not on the show. But my mental image of Katie was basically Maud <laughs> um, before oh, I saw whoa. what Katie ever looked like. <laughs> yeah, because like Katie's just really sweet, kind of soft person, and so is Maud. But Maud doesn't take no shit at the end, and Katie also does not take no shit. Like she, Katie don't fucking play when when the situation comes. <laughs> usually Heck she's yeah. all like. No, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I'm here for you, and I understand. That's fine. I'll wait. I'm patient. And I'm like, oh, that's Katie. 
Oh. <laughs> in my head, which is, what's up? Just cute. Yeah, in my head, Katie is just a person holding a kiwi. I mean, <laughs> or, an, or an avocado. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Why would that be? No, no one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> we are referring to Katie's Skype picture. Yes, it's an avocado. Yes. <laughs> well, if you think about it, they're both fruit. Which I you thought that, that was a, a kiwi? I <laughs> glanced at it, and I, it's behind my microphone. I saw a green fruit. <laughs> this is totally wrong shade of green. You're right, you're it's right. Okay. It has a white core. Oh, killing me, man. Anyways, watch more foreign films. Moral of the story. Yes. Oh, uh, the yes, villain. The villain was dumb. Them. And see Katie in all of them. There's a Katie in all of them. <laughs> Maybe yes. our real friends were the Katies along the way. Good. What? Good. Good. You, no, you did it. You did it. You brought it home, friend. <laughs> all right. Let's finish this off with a tweet from Sean Lennon. Okay. <laughs> Oh wait, do we do you have any questions too? Do you want to do questions and then a Sean Lennon tweet? Uh, oh no, we're just thought we're doing movie discussion and then questions after, right? Yeah, let's just okay. wrap up the uh, the movie discussion with this wonderful tweet from the star of the show, Sean <laughs> Lennon, mm-hmm. from August eleventh, twenty fifteen. <laughs> I do not believe we have ever had a truly capitalistic society. True capitalism is anarchy. I am an anarchist. Okay. <laughs> let me Sean just Lennon. let me just Thanks, John Lennon. Thank you. The flea doesn't even fucking talk. He just sings for the flea. Oh yep. my god. He d- yeah. <laughs> the, the the talking that the flea does is more like <laughs> and that's probably also Sean Lennon's like internal monologue. So there yep. you go. <laughs> oh my god. That's oh, so wow. sad. Hmm. What a tragic life. Never be a beetle. Always be a flea. That's so... Did you come up with that? That's like the most on-point thing. It's very clever. <laughs> Don't get him wet. He'll die. Don't get Sean Lennon wet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What if he hears this? You should You should tag him. He's not going to listen. Yeah, I should yeah, tag him in the post for this. Oh my god. Yeah, maybe he'll be your next guest. <laughs> Thanks at Sean Lennon for joining us on this episode of Fireside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Manspreading oh. is sexist, but also water is sexist. Oh, I hate God. water, just like I hate <laughs> mansplaining. Just like I hate women. Just like I hate yep. women, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright. Wanna move on to questions? Sure. Uh, I don't know who this is. Who is this? Do you know this, who this is my is friend Corinne? Coco. They are an Coco. artist. Okay. <laughs> a nerd. Alright. I mean, that's like half my friends. <laughs> anyway. Uh they ask, what what is what is the best way to wash your truck nuts? Oh my god. <laughs> you take them off your truck and you heave them into the fucking ocean. They'll be clean and out of your life. <laughs> Oh, wonderfully concise answer. Straight to the point. Wow. Trust That's how you do it. And answered. Masculinity so fragile, gotta put testicles on my fucking car. Cause I'm a man. Fondling <laughs> testicles on my fucking car. Alright, let's head over to some housekeeping. I want to thank everybody who shared the last episode. There were a lot of you, so I didn't exactly write all of them down, 
but thank you so much to everybody who shared the last episode and thanks to alex for being on again that was like so much fun uh and hopefully we'll have alex back on soon because that was a ton of fun if you want to follow us on twitter you can do so at podcast fireside you can send in questions and comments at fireside friends podcast at gmail.com you can follow and rate us on itunes stitcher and google play please rate us on itunes it helps out a lot courtney have you rated us on itunes no but i will and you should too <laughs> yeah yeah please tell a friend subscribe uh don't tell uh, a friend tell all your fucking friends tell all your tell friends. your mama if she's still around if she in your life tell your dad maybe not your aunties and your uncles because most of us have racist aunties and uncles but do what you can <laughs> Tell your dog. They'll never lie to you. And they'll, yeah, they'll but just love your it dog, dogs though. love everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you got a cat or a hamster, we're not going to judge your critter life. Mm-hmm. If you got a flea... A flea? Don't fuck yeah. it. Don't fuck the flea. You could have a flea. Yeah. No ticks, no. though. We you know what? Ticks. I'm taking an anti-flea stance. <laughs> no fleas allowed no fleas please if you're a flea turn this off you are not welcome here if you're a flea and you can figure out how to find this podcast send me an email i want to be your friend because you smart as fuck (laughs) if you are a sexist flea do not listen to this podcast i did not say sexist flea i don't want none of those if you're just a conscious nice flea bullshit yeah who just wants to sing yeah, let's be friends. We'll get you a record deal. Yep. All right. I think that's a podcast. Uh, Courtney, where can people find you? If this podcast wasn't enough for you, where can people find more of you? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm going to pray for you because damn, homie. Um, I'm at Sparkly Kiss on everything. Like Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I, I will respond. I'm very responsive. Uh, or if you just look up Courtney Terry, more than likely it'll be me. If you see a nerd with freckles and like a goofy hat, that's me. Let's be friends. Hello, friends. Friends are great. I'm still drunk. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, where can people find you? Well, honey, I'm off the grid this month. And uh, so with that in mind, I'm going to recommend that people... Uh, do something instead of following me on the internet. I'm gonna say, go try. You medi- can follow me. Yeah, follow <laughs> Courtney. Absolutely, follow Courtney. Follow the podcast. Try meditating. It's really fun. You can do it in like ten minutes in a day, and it'll make your your head a lot clearer and get all the demons to kind of like gather in one place so that you can kick them out out the door and and leave them on the curb for someone else to pick up. Uh, and take care of I've yourself. I've been doing this all wrong. Love others. You know, that's my advice. That's my plug. Be nice. You've been evicting your demons. My demons been all like, treat yourself, even though you just treated yourself an hour ago. And I'm like, yeah, demons, treat yourself. <laughs> Party with treat, the demons if they're nice. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Anyways, Katie's also off up. the grid. Yeah, off the grid cast, 2016. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Talking Detective. I'm taking a bit of a break for mental health reasons because Twitter's bad. Too much Twitter... Hey, hey, too much of anything is bad, but too much of Twitter is especially bad. Um, so I've been doing stuff like going outside and talking to people because used to do that too. Also, well, like... But it's also you can cold use... outside? It's cold <laughs> There's outside, a hurricane outside? Just kind of a Don't hurricane outside Don't get swept away by Matthew. Too. 
Uh, yeah, be safe if you're uh, in the East Coast, Southern East Coast. Um, or live dangerously. We are not going to tell you how to be. You have options. Yeah, yeah, if you're going straight to the hurricane, you know what? I mean, I'm it's with your you. Life. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You do and, you, uh, friends. Yeah, that's a podcast. Is we're sorry. <laughs> Pull this ni- nightmare train into the original station that it came from. Let's Courtney's not sorry. Nope. I have I no goddamn regrets. That's a damn lie. I drink way too much. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourself. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>